Coming up on TMS, work around P device. Lick a screen for Cleo. The pig of most angry. They moved Morbius. Wait until they get a load of Leto. You must wear a brown slack. Bob Costas in On Golden Pond. Not getting a food smell here. Put six in a bag and call it good. I prefer tasteless TV. I don't like tasting my TV. Keep your wallet close to your penis. Bringing out the Carrie Coon in all of us. There's different flavored screens you can get. Size doesn't matter with Bill Duran. Bobby surprises us with science and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. There's old Gray with her dove wing hat. There's old Green with her sewing machine. Where's the bobbin at? She's toting old Green in a printed sack. The dust blows forward and the dust blows back. And the wind blows black. Hey, do anchovies only go on pizza? Or can you eat them loose? <laughs> now, it's here. A new force at breakfast. This is the morning stream. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to TMS. It is the uh, freaking uh, 20, 2,225th episode of this show for January 4th, 2022. That's right. I have, That's to, right. I have to emphasize it or I'll forget it. Uh, I'm Scott, and that's Brian. Hi, Brian. How's it going? Hi, Scott. I can't believe that I uh, just realized on the um, the 29th, we did episode 2222, but it wasn't in 2022. It's oh, a bummer. That is a bummer. What should, we should have taken some more days off. Yeah. So that that pushed <laughs> the, the one, one extra day would have done it sometime during the year. Or two, two extra days. Oh, we two extra days. Because we did the 30th, and then we did the, the special, which was unnumbered, mm. but we still did one on the 30th. I'll do it retroactively and throw my back out again and then miss a day. How about that? There Let's you go. That. Perfectly. Excellent. Okay. Yeah, Perfect. yeah. Perfectly. 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 Yeah, perfectly. perfectly. I, uh, speaking of perfectly... Uh, <laughs> I uh, a little report on that whole back situation. So yeah, whatever this stupid injury just is the one that won't stop giving. Like I've got this sciatic thing that won't go away since then. And mm-hmm. um, doctors like, well, you know, stretches this and stretches that, and don't worry that you're not, you know, it's not like it's your discs or anything. You just got a little thing, and it's way down to my low in my leg, and you know, lots of treadmill and lots of stretching, blah blah blah. Still hurts yeah. like a mother ever. Uh stinks freaking kills me man oh shows your husband through through his back out this morning i'm sorry to hear that i hope he doesn't end up in bed for 24 hours like i did because that was no bad. Kidding. that was bad bad it was bad except that was for bad. that cool uh workaround p device my wife made for me that was pretty awesome <laughs> you know uh you know i know you're not going to show us using it on uh nope uh, on twitter or anything but you should take a photo of it like if she kept it I think it's probably tossed because she's the kind oh, of person yeah. that would that get rid of that like, the first second she could. <laughs> burned in a fire, really, is what it should be. <laughs> yeah, take it out back and shoot it. Um, yeah, I don't think it's still around, but I, I, you know, now that you say that, I probably should get at least one photo <laughs> to commemorate. You know, to remember. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you know what else is uh, what else is moved around and uh, and not in the place where we thought it was? What? Uh, for the seventh? No, I'm sorry. For the eighth time. Mm. The upcoming film Morbius, starring Jared Leto. Oh, yeah. Jared Leto, uh-huh. which is French for the toe, yeah. is uh, getting moved. He was in the club. <laughs> Again, from the end of this month to uh, April 1st. He was in that uh, Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, you, he was. You, you got him in that there uh, um, he was uh, a, uh, safe he room. He was a joker. 
Yeah, he was one of the Jokers. That's right, the worst of the Jokers. Jokers. Of all the bad Jokers, he's maybe one of the worst. He's a bad Joker. Oh, man. I know. I yeah, want to be. I maybe. want to be torn too, but I don't think he was any good at it. I wish he was. No, I know. I, and I'm going to say something controversial. I don't know if this will be controversial. It should be, yeah. but I'm. I think Jack Nicholson was not as bad as Leto, but down there near the bottom. Oh, I agree. Jokers. He was just hamming it up. Jack he was Nicholson. Just a style. Bad choice. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, that's going to be controversial. I, I, I love Nicholson. Don't get me wrong. Listen, I almost I almost got to act in major feature film with, with Jack Nicholson having chased me through a hedge maze. But uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, where was I? Yeah, the, <laughs> the Nicholson was a bad joker. He was only going to chase you if you were Jim Backus, apparently. That was the, yeah, right, uh, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've said this for a long time. I think he was doing a really good Jack Nicholson and yeah. is great at being a little crazy by default, but he wasn't really the Joker. You could have done that without makeup, and it still would have been just Jack Nicholson hamming it up. Exactly. So, you know, like I've always said, The, the Departed, 2006 uh, fantastic Scorsese film, The Departed, mm-hmm. uh, one of the last things I think I saw Nicholson mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. that yeah. character is basically more of a Joker than his Joker way more sinister way more darkly weird and humor like humor in a dark way like if you'd have put makeup on him in that movie he'd have been way more of a joker in that movie so yes Mm -hmm. i'm with you look heath ledger amazing uh who else who else do we like do we like the cesar romero can we do we count mark hamill i count mark hamill yeah we count his voice yeah why not yeah and i think joaquin phoenix was a great joker even though it's kind of a a weird i love that movie yeah, but it's yeah. kind of a weird. Um, is it? It's not DCU, right? It's outside the what we're calling the DC extended universe or the DC universe. Yeah, it's more like the way they do their black label comic line, yeah. which used to yeah. be Vertigo. It's like here's here's a real dark thing where we're not so worried about censors and you know <laughs> whatever, like a little one. JC Calhoun, you know, in case nobody saw it uh, when he posted it. Let's see here. Where is it? Where is it? Because he posted it like three minutes ago and none of people saw it and he reposted river phoenix is bad or uh, joaquin phoenix is bad and people who like it should feel bad unfriend me oh i don't feel bad at all i, I thought he was great i thought he was i mean it was it was definitely a different take and that's the whole idea we don't need the same thing over and over like it's an it was yeah. an interesting way to do that and the fact that 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 script writer you know fully admitted oh yeah taxi driver's a giant a giant uh, in, uh inspiration here and then also cast robert de niro in a role like mm-hmm. part of that is just amazing, just on its own. That's a great sure. movie. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, I think it's really, really good. Name another DC uh, movie that ever got Best Picture nomination. Like, there's no such thing. Right. So, right. I don't know. And you know, you're totally. It's a totally fine for you not to like it, J.C. Calhoun. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I thought. I thought uh, it was a very cool take on a character that has been portrayed differently everywhere else. So uh, yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Caesar Romero, good, good uh, Joker being sure. from the old uh, Adam West. Batman deal. Yeah, he's got his uh, old uh, that weird mustache under the makeup and all that. That was weird. I guess I need to see Lego Batman because I didn't realize Zach Galifianakis Galifianakis ever played. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he was good. That movie's great, the, dude. Yeah, I know a lot of people say that, and I do need to see it. It's up there with my favorite Batman movies. Like, it's wow. better than all of the Tim Burton ones, in my opinion. It's better than Rise of the Dark Knight or Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, and I would I would actually say, <laughs> I'm trying to think, 
Yeah, it's right up within the, with the. And I know it's a parody and it's a joke and all that, sure, but it's up sure. there with the Nolan movies. Like it's really good. <laughs> if you Google actors who played the Joker, yep. you get a good list of these, right? You get everyone from Leto, Ledger, Phoenix, Nicholson, Hamill, Romero, blah blah blah. Yeah, uh, Alan Tudyk didn't realize that he he must do the voice uh, for Joker in the current Harley Quinn animated thing, oh, which I also right. hear is really good. Mm. Um, yeah, I keep meaning to then see that. About four lines down, you get Randy Spears, who played who plays the Joker or played the Joker in the triple X rated Batman uh porn parody. Oh, he's in this? <laughs> wow. Really? Randy wow. Spears <laughs> in Batman Triple X. Uh, wow. Who would have yeah. who would have thought? Um, Who would have good old Randy Spears? Well, I wonder if that's a real name, a real porn name. In the 2010 Justice or Young Justice series, uh, mm-hmm. Brent Spiner was... Uh, Did not realize that either. Was Batman. Huh. or uh, sorry, John DiMaggio as uh, Joker. Yeah, I could see that. Troy Baker's done it a few <laughs> times. He's another big video game voice actor. Oh, Michael Emerson? Michael no way. Emerson. Yeah, that's cool. Which one is he in? Dark Knight Returns 2012 animated. Uh, Interesting. Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, you really need you. to, if you've not seen Evil, and I don't, you haven't, because you would have talked about seeing Evil if you, uh, if I'd if seen you it. watched it. Yeah, uh, it's a, you got to watch it. He is fantastic in that. It's a really, really good show. It's it is so much better than it should be for a a show that premiered on uh, regular broadcast television. Well, I'll give a, what is probably a hint about what I might recommend this week. I actually can't because it doesn't end till Thursday. But man, it doesn't end till it doesn't end till a week from Thursday. Oh, a week from Thursday, there are two more. Oh, that yeah. makes me happy to hear two that. Two more. Okay, good. Yeah. I was afraid it was his last one. <clears throat> I'm so hooked on Station Eleven, I can barely handle it. I love it. Love it. Cool. Oh my cool. gosh. Good. Oh, I can't wait. Is so he, many. Is he inches. in that? Mike no. Leverson is in that? No, it just reminded me of it because Lost is kind of like it. Oh, gotcha. Right. But not really. I don't want to mislead anybody. It's not. It's not like Lost. Here's another take on Lost at all. It's just sure. I'm sure. having some of those initial like whoa what does that mean kind of feelings like it's really cool station 11 is good and i know it's like gonna be hard for some because the premise of the event of the of the apocalyptic event of the thing is a is a massive deadly flu outbreak mm-hmm. that like kills uh 999 people out of a thousand like you're one in a thousand chance of surviving so it's like a little close to home or whatever with of covid course. and everything yeah. not obviously not the death rate but but it's not the point of the thing it's just right. the event that then everything else builds around, and it's really very good. I like it a lot. Is there? Can you think of a better post Lost, but definitely influenced by Lost television show than The Leftovers? <sighs> the Leftovers absolutely has some Lost. Like, well, for sure, it had its lead lost. writer and everything. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that too, right? Yeah. But you know, also the storytelling style, the 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 format, the um, yeah, the implications, oh, the, the 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 questions it asks. I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I, I think the think leftovers is because yeah. they they tried doing so many things like that. Oh, Fringe was good. Would you think Fringe? Fringe was almost like the the X file, the next uh, level of the X Files. Like Lost and X Files had a baby. That's yeah, a but I, but I, but I, you know what? Uh, Fringe is a good one because yeah. there were a bunch that came out right afterwards. Flash Forward, um, the event I think was wasn't it called the event? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the event. Uh, How was that? Was that? Any I would good? even say uh, manifest current things like ma- or not, not current things like manifest and that La Brea. Oh yeah, yeah. 
I think there's no, there's probably no end to it. Whether people like Lost or not, it's you have to acknowledge its influence. You know, yeah, it has a huge yeah. influence. I haven't seen and that. the leftovers gave us Carrie Coon. I'm about to start painting my Proxima Midnight uh, mini, ooh, and uh, it's going to make me just sit there and think of Carrie Coon the whole time. What about the other dude? Uh, who's the other character that's kind of a wizard? Um, uh, Ebony Ma. Want me to grab him? Yeah. He's, he's currently on my. Uh, Go yeah, grab him. I want to see this guy. He's one of my favorite things. In those two, mo- in in Infinity War and Endgame, if you were to ask me who I thought the coolest design characters were, was probably him and Proxima Midnight. They are so freaking cool. I didn't know you were painting those. That's awesome. Yeah, Ebony Ma is the current one I'm painting right there. Uh, yeah, look at him. He's about to just make some shard fly through the air, and no one knows it's coming. Let's do this and see if that helps. Bring him into focus. A little bit. I think he might be too close. Oh, there you go. Oh. That's better. Yeah, I can see him. Yeah, look at him. He's always doing that. He's always standing there with his hands going, all right, what, what, kind of, what kind of stuff can I move with my giant brain? Look out. And here's the one I was most nervous to paint. I finished it out, or finished it yesterday, and uh, it's. I want to take a picture of it, but I'm afraid people are going to zoom in if I do. Yeah. But uh, this was the one I was most nervous about painting, of course, because a favorite character of mine. Yeah, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah, look Spider-Man. at him. He's up on a wall looking like he's about to shoot web somewhere and go somewhere else. And each of those lines, his web lines, you can't see it here, but uh, from if you're not looking at it with glasses or a magnifying lens or something like that, looks great. Once you start looking up close, I look like um, I'm trying to paint it with, uh, uh, oh, what was her name from from, uh, Golden Pond? Oh, no, I'm in your old old poop. That's... um... Oh, geez. I know. A classic actress. Sister was in uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, and her name was... It uh, was... Yeah, Bob Costa, City, and yeah. thanks. You got it. Nailed it. It's Bob yeah. Costa. Catherine Hepburn. Catherine Thank you, Hepburn. Jeez, I come up with? <laughs> Bob <Hepburn>. Costas? <laughs> Famed sportscaster Bob Costas in the Bob Costas, Golden yeah. Pond. Yeah, he was great. Oh, you yeah. So, no, you look closely, and those lines look like um, I was on a moving subway while I was painting them. Oh, well, look, this is what happens over time. You become an expert, yes. and now you're, yeah. you're lord over all you survey now. So well yeah, done. No, I did that yesterday. It's not, no time has passed, Scott, since oh. I did those lines. Oh, never mind. So by tomorrow <laughs> afternoon, you yeah, will be. Yeah, exactly. I, you know what? I'm, I'm way happier with like some of the fine detail work that's coming out on Ebony Ma, though. Um, I didn't, for this one, I decided to go against the, um, the packaging artwork like for all four of the black order i'm going to go against the packaging artwork and kind of go closer to the the look from Endgame. oh uh, yeah infinity war and Endgame. that makes sense um so yeah no this is this this dude's coming out great he's great he's great should should have him finished today and i'm gonna move on to proxima midnight nice she's uh the you know the carry she brings out the carry coon and all of us is what i have to say. <laughs> that's right uh, uh city and those are from the uh the come on game uh marvel united or simon game it's c-m-o-n cool mini or not but they made a game called marvel united and it's the game itself is really cool i'm gonna be um uh going to a a con i think <laughs> we'll see mm. in two weeks called hexacon at the omni hotel here in uh um uh, broomfield we'll mm. see again mm. um but it's uh you know they're they're like hey 
people are there. They're asking about if you're going to be able to come, guest of honor kind of thing. And, and I'm like, oh, well, here's a good time for me to bring all my minis and force people to play Marvel United. <laughs> yeah, load them up. <clears throat> Go for it. Exactly. Yeah. I think it sounds great. Uh, hey, I wanted to remind folks that uh, yesterday a uh, brand new show called Play Retro happened. Yeah, it did. Uh, me and Brian yeah. Dunaway did a game show, and it's all about retro games. And we talked in depth about the making and creation and otherwise information around the game Joust. And you may say, well, I that sounds boring. I don't think so, man. We went places with that discussion. Not at all. And, um, great. Yeah, I have all kinds of... Uh, having grown up with arcades everywhere, my house full of arcade machines, my dad running a whole business based on that era and then mm. losing all of it in 1985 <laughs> uh, as a result of the great video game crash of 85 uh, there's just so many stories that I can tell about almost all of those games that was just one next week we'll do it again if you're interested at all in this kind of subject matter go check it out at uh, play retro wherever you get your podcast or you can just find all the links over at frogpants.com slash play retro very cool uh, Japan food time, Brian. Let's put it in our mouth and swish Japan it around. Food. Take this. Yes. It's for you. It's food. Now, as I see it, the tradition of savory and sweet continues. Yeah, we start with savory and then move on to the sweet. Right. And we don't know. I'm going to load up Google Translate just to have it at the ready, but I'm not going to um, translate any of this until we've tasted it. The only English on here is this. I can kind of make it out. Okinawa. Churishan? Churasan pin? Pin? Yeah, P-I-N, I think. Yeah, unless that's P slash N. Oh, it could be a slash. It's a little longer than the... It is. Oh, no, I guess in Okinawa, the I is is really long. Yeah. uh, hmm. It is uh, the child's play font from uh, Adobe. Yep, (laughs) that's the one. We recognize our typography. All right, so this is a bag within a bag. Oh, that's never and good. And then inside that bag is another bag. Hold on. Oh, these look dark and foreboding. They look stinky. Do not eat the uh, silica gel pack that's in there. Keep stuff fresh. Dude, it smells like paint. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Oh, it kind of does, actually. I'm not getting a food smell out of it. Smells like, no, it smells like, um... Doesn't it smell like paint to you? I get, no, I get a, I get a food smell vibe. Oh. But you know, paint. but I see the paint. Like when you say when you say paint, it's like, oh, I totally see what you're talking about. It's like a little but, hint uh, of varnish or something in there. Yeah. All right. All right. You ready? Let's for try this? one of these sticks. Don't know what they're. What's even in there? Spear. These are these are uh, Randy Spears, just oh. like in the Batman Triple X porn. Oh, perfect. Oh, they're sweet. Mm, these are red bean. This is red bean or a sweet potato? Maybe sweet potato. Um, they're awfully dark. What's your translator say? All right, let's let's fire it up. All right, we're gonna learn a little international hoo ha here. I'm gonna run the translator first on the um, the lettering on the clear bag and see if that gives me anything. Oh yeah, at the bottom says Benhamo and Kari Kari, which I missed before. I don't know what that means. Probably brand. Okay. Yeah, nothing translating on the uh, clear bag. Let's yeah. try the on the old clear this is bag. <clears throat> Oh, deep red stomach, red <laughs> potato crunchy. Okay, so red. So they are sweet potatoes, basically. <laughs> they are sweet potato. Deep red stomach. To, Ugh. Deep red stomach and pause, pause, pause. There we go. Let's see if I. <laughs> I always like that I can pause the Google Translate on the worst thing it possibly can say. Yeah. 
And that'll totally do it. It struggles. Uh, use deep red stomach. That's great. Everybody wants a deep red stomach. That I've learned. Yeah. So this is a sweet potato crispies is what these are. And uh, I'm a fan. I yeah, like these it. Aren't, these aren't bad. I like them. They're maybe a little too sweet. I don't know if they're artificially sweetened or if that's just how those potatoes come. I, I think those know. are just how they come because that's a very, <laughs> the feel tastes like a very natural kind of um, sweetness. All right. Well, now an unnatural sweetness. Uh, that's right. Kit Kat for coffee break. Yeah, that's right. You heard me at home. That's right. Kit Kat for coffee break. Kit Kat for coffee break. And uh, it has got a little cup of uh, a clear uh, mug of coffee cup, or I guess, yes. whatever you want to call it. That's what I used to use before I switched to the Ember. I, I preferred the glass, the clear glass coffee. No, oh, why, what's that? Why is the reason, do you think? I don't know. I really don't know. I think I like drinking coffee out of glass over ceramic. So and just I like don't a, know. I couldn't tell you why. It's like uh, drinking... Um, a, a Moscow mule out of a copper cup instead of a glass. Oh, interesting. It yeah. could just be an aesthetic thing. Could be, I don't know the the feel of the feel of glass on one's lips is different than yeah. than uh, uh, porcelain or ceramic. Yeah. Yeah. All right, here we go. Right. Kit Kat for coffee break getting opened. Oh, liking this already. This is a Japanese uh, version of the deal. They're always very mm. small. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. That's so they can put six in a bag and call it good. Yeah. Now, see that? That just tastes like a regular Kit Kat. Oh, really? You don't get a coffee vibe from I'm it? not getting a coffee vibe at all. Hmm. hmm. Is that just me? No, it's faint. You know what? Now that I'm concentrating on it. Maybe what they're trying to do there is just say, hey, here's a little chocolate treat for your coffee break. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Okay, but there's it a, there's a feels like there's a hint of coffee, but maybe I'm imagining it because well, it's still de- it's definitely better chocolate flavor than an American mm. Kit Kat. We know that, no doubt. That'll be true of everything in here. All right, well, good job, everybody. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Tara, once again in Japan, and uh, we will try more weird things probably tomorrow. That's right. Yeah, that's right. We have one bag of um, Angry Pig left. <laughs> I got a bag of angry pig. Bag of angry pig and a oh, we have a a yellow bag of angry pig and then a red bag of angry pig. Ooh, you know what a red bag means? Angrier pig. Yeah, ang- angriest pig. Pig of most <laughs> anger. Also, right, have a doctor look at your red bag if it's that red. Be That's careful. Exactly right, Paul. Uh, all right. Well, excellent news. Let's uh, move on now to this. You need to read this, sir. You need to read it now. All right. That's the sign that news is upon us, and it's brought to you by TMS patron Matthew, who says, My wife and I started a travel YouTube, Instagram, and blog when we decided to sell our home and start traveling the country in a 290-square-foot tiny home on wheels. We've been at it for about eight months and loving our new life. Check us out at moseying around together on Instagram, spelled just like it sounds, mm-hmm. and our website moseying around. That's m o s e y i n g a r o u n d dot com for the website, and then moseying around together is those words plus together. I love this. I do it too. A little I tiny home on great. wheels. I want to see this uh, this tiny home they're traveling around in. So. They also have a link to their stuff on Zillow. I didn't realize Zillow. Oh, look at these two. I know. They're adorbs. And they're cute cute little weird little house. And look at this. Out in the desert where I want to be. I want them, when they come to Colorado, I hope they come to Colorado. I want them to let me know and I want to come see their little tiny home. Oh, I would love. This is so cool. Yeah, I would love to see this. That is so cool. 
I would do this. Yeah. If it made sense for doubt. me, I'd do yeah. this. Holy shite. That's awesome. All right. Well, thanks, you guys. And I, I, clearly, you get the show on, on the road. Probably a good road show, I'm thinking. And uh, mm-hmm. glad that we could be there for you. So when you have a when you have a, a listing on Zillow, oh no, that says follow. Yeah. Never mind. I thought if <laughs> you think they're they're uh, selling their tiny home, yeah, because I think that's all you do on Zillow, right? That's all Just, you do on Zillow, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, found out somebody sent me a clip of Post Malone on Joe Rogan's show, and Post Malone asked him why he moved to Utah, and he said. Uh, he told this whole cool story about when they was out at the Salt Flats performing. They ran out of room and they oversold tickets. So they went from the venue, which is that old, I forget what it's called. Anyway, Salt or Salt mm. Salt Air, it's called. It's a lot of concerts okay. there now. Anyway, and it's it's very cool because it's right there on the, on the flats. And it stinks, smells real bad because it's the flats, but it's beautiful. Right. Anyway, it spilled out on top of the flats. And he was like raving about that and going, it was so cool. And then, so I just looked up on Zillow found a house and bought it <laughs> like all right <laughs> wow okay that's what you do when you're post malone you just grab that's zillow exactly if you if you're post malone you can do that yeah he, too he, funny he, he went on and on about the place he really likes it. listen i'm looking at i'm looking at their insta their insta feed yeah i'm seeing a few trips to colorado what the hell what the hell guys what's going what on hell? beard and pretty lady why no, why no visit yeah, Matt Brian, Logan. Huh? Brian's just huh? sitting there, just sitting there in Arvada, waiting for you to come by. <laughs> anyway, that's very cool. Um, all right, very here's cool. your uh, here's yeah. your top story. This is one that's going to have all kinds of questions attached to it, so bear with us. Okay. Japan. Speaking of Japan, we've been eating some of their weird food. Yep. They have invented a new thing for us to try: lickable screens that will imitate food flavors. Imagine the snozberries taste like snozberries. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it reminded me of. It also yeah. frightens me in some ways. Anyway, a oh J- uh, yeah, I can't imagine you. I can't imagine you even. I can't do it. No way. Thinking about doing this. No yeah. way. Even no if they way. give you a brand new screen right out of the box. Yeah, I'd have to. Oh, let's see. Okay, so you'd have to clean it yourself, right? Yes, you I need trust. to know. I need to know yeah. that it was like hermetically sealed and 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 in every possible way, you know before i got it if you mm-hmm. can do that then fine i'll lick it but i ain't taking any second hand i ain't doing it after somebody else does like freaking f that uh but japanese professor has developed a prototype lickable screen that can imitate food flavors another step toward creating a multi-sensory viewing experience the device is called taste the tv it's oh the, that's listen, so clever taste the tv <laughs> taste the tv <laughs> or as they wrote here tttv and for short uh, uses a carousel of 10 flavor That's, canisters. By the way, yeah. for short, that is exactly the same number of syllables as just saying taste the TV. Yeah, taste the TV. Same number of syllables. They have not shortened anything. Yeah, what's the point? There's no point. Now I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed now. There's no point, Dave. Or Jerry, there's no point. I don't know why I said Dave. There are more syllables in NSFW than just saying not safe for work. Yeah, exactly. Hold on. Yeah. Never thought of yeah. that either. Yeah. Oh, man. You guys, stop it with the shortening of things that don't need it. <laughs> I guess it saves characters. That's the point, right? Yeah, it saves characters. Yeah. Exactly. But that would not in this case when they put the full thing and then the abbreviation. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so this thing uses a carousel. It's got 10 flavor canisters that spray in combination to create the taste of a particular food. A flavor sample then rolls on hygienic film. Hmm. Over a flat TV screen for the viewer to try. 
Gotcha. So, okay, the way I'm visualizing this yeah. is a roller, a couple rollers, and uh, the thing sprays its little magical combination. Uh, by the way, let's not gloss over the fact that Japan thinks that every food, every flavor can be simulated by a combination of 10 ingredients. And yeah. if that was the case, then Taco Bell really will be the, the <laughs> last living restaurant in, in the world, a la Demolition Man. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, there's a, there's so, it then, so it sprays it on its little 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 uh, film and then rolls that film over Kathy Kathy Lee Gifford's face on the Today Show. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So you can taste what her makeup tastes like or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. There's a picture here on the Guardian where the prototype is being used. This is not your typical television screen. So. Oh no! She uh, looks like she's licking a. Uh, Oh, a tanning bed. Yeah, it does. It's not. It's built weird. <laughs> so that little screen right there. I guess the stuff behind it are the canisters and the basically the print module. If you want to look at it yeah, in those terms. I guess so yeah. And then that rolls down in front of where she's looking, and she's like, "Oh, here's a cooking show I like. I just tasted this cake the lady made, mm. but uh, I say this probably isn't going to go anywhere. That's my thinking. <laughs> I think it probably is. You know, I think that maybe Japan should work on uh, getting people vaccinated, so my wife and I can finally go back. Instead of working on a TV, you can lick. That's because we're hogging them all, man. We keep doing boosters and stuff. Isn't there some truth to that? Like some countries have never gotten even the first shots. Japan, according to somebody who lived there who emailed me when we were talking about it last year, there were two reasons why Japan was a little bit slower with the vaccine rollout than we were here. One is because as a culture, people only trust getting shots from an actual doctor and not a nurse or a PA or anything like that. They gotcha. will they will only get a shot from a doctor. Yeah. Second reason is Japan had a little bit of a pride thing going on where they did not want to get uh, uh, other countries to produce the vaccine for them. They wanted to produce it themselves. Uh, make their own. It's that whole middle yes. middle not middle earth middle kingdom stuff. They like the they yeah, like the exactly. middle kingdom. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, uh, maybe they'll get on it and get her done. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, with her. who knows? I mean, uh, Omicron just gives them another reason to kind of uh, duck back into their turtle shell. And, and it's fine. We'll go there when they're ready for us. Uh, and and I hope our hotel does not include a TV that you can lick. Yeah, no kidding. My, or, that's, um, or that the previous guest licked. <laughs> the the weird thing, so not weird, but Carter went up to, uh, they, they have in-office meetings and stuff on Mondays. Mm-hmm. So she went up there to the university where she works yesterday. Um, in fact, when she was in the show or in the chat room, that's she was up there then. Oh, she was at work. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's actually there working real hard listening to us. And um, anyway, <laughs> she one of her coworkers had symptoms of something. They don't know what. So they have a rule up there that if you do that, you go straight to the symptomatic testing thing that happened at the university. Mm-hmm. And she goes and reports back that this thing was packed like mile long lines like oh, really bad which means if she uh, didn't have it before <laughs> yeah if you didn't have it before you're gonna get it in that line no kidding that's, that's something yeah. i was actually thinking about of enough people and omicron yeah. is as spreadable as they say it is enough yeah. people get in line just to get tested even if you didn't have it you're gonna walk away with it <laughs> right, yes. you know uh, it's such a mess yeah. what a mess uh, people, people are bad. Uh, well, whatever. It's, people aren't bad. We just got to get our hands around it. Like some, who's the epidemiologist last year said something I never forgot. I could never get it out of my head. He says, "Look, we're two. It's two weeks behind us at any given time. At any given time, this entire thing is two weeks behind us, and we never deal with it again." 
but because we have a problem of scale, there are just too many human beings and they all want to do their own thing. And because of that, you're never going to, you're never going to have that two weeks behind us thing. It's never going to happen. Yeah. It's a bummer. Now, yeah. if you had a hundred people on the planet, let's say we're some apocalyptic scenario, there's a hundred of us left. We could do it. We'd, we would do the two weeks behind us thing. Right. Leftovers, Station 11, yeah. any of those scenarios. We, any we of those. We have yeah. this. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Station 11 has a lot of unknowns, but <laughs> oh, damn, okay. I'm excited for you to watch that. You're going to love it. I can't wait. Yeah. You're going to love it. Mackenzie Phillips is great, but there are everybody. <laughs> Mackenzie Phillips. Really? All the way from one day at a time? Oh, sorry. It's great What's that we were able to get her back for this. Hold on. Mackenzie. What's her last name? D. Begins with the D, D, and then there's an A, and then there's a V, and then Dave, there's an I. Mackenzie Davis. Mackenzie Davis. Go. You almost spilled <laughs> the whole thing before I got it. <laughs> She's awesome, and so, but so is everybody else. There's yeah. no one on that show, especially this little girl that plays her like her when she's younger. She's a revelation. She blew my mind. Really? Oh, cool. Like cool. the fanning girls level of whoa, you're a kid actor that can act. Like she's really good. I can't. That's I can't cool. wait for you to see it. Very I, weird. We have been watching so much stuff. I honestly could do a. I could do five recommendals tomorrow. I'm not going to, but I could if yeah. I wanted to. Yeah. Uh, know this though, everyone out here listening to me, it's very. Um, it's it's how do I put it? It's very art artsy. Um, I, for lack of a better way of putting this, I don't even know how to put it because the thing is doing stuff I haven't seen a TV show do before. And it's doing it in a tone that's just not what you expect. So some people are going to watch it going, I love post-apocalyptic sh- stories or whatever. And it is one of those, but it's done in this like really different way. I know the book it's based on is also like this. So you know maybe if you've read the book, it's sure it's like that. But anyway, it's fan- I can't stop thinking about that show. It's so good. That's cool. And yeah, and, and Drenched Welfare agrees about Mackenzie Davis. I mean, her... Her breakthrough in Halt and Catch Fire was just such a she was great, such a great role, and and such a great show. I, I think she was show. she made a good Terminator lady. I thought she did, yeah, yeah and a good Blade Runner lady. Yep, she's <laughs> oh yeah, she's the, uh, the she's the flesh and blood girlfriend on the, right. on the she's the yeah she's the real behind uh, Anna de Ar- Anna de Armas's uh, virtual yeah. Uh, Anna de Armas got a giant and uh, giant pink projection in the middle of the city and showed us one of her boobs. We got to see a boob. Yeah, yes, she did. All right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> let's go to. <laughs> Thank you, Mister Skin. <laughs> would you, by the way, enjoy this licking screen thing? Or would you? Would you no, not? Not uh, a chance. I wouldn't even do it. Um... Well, all right. I wouldn't want one in my house. Because I can't imagine saying, "Oh, great British Bake Off is on. Great, let's taste that uh, that uh, <laughs> five layer uh, sponge that they're making." Yeah. But I don't even know if I would try it at like a a trade show or an event or something, right? Like if I went to a quote unquote oh, CES. Yeah. I can't imagine that I'd want to try it. There. Can you yeah. imagine in the middle of a convention licking a screen? Freaking no. Yeah, no. Not a chance. Right. It's like, I, I don't care when or I'm not even, this isn't a COVID thing for like, me. This, this isn't is anything. This is when the coronavirus actually looks at us and says, God, you guys are just making this too easy. Yeah, you guys are stupid. <laughs> but even outside of COVID era, COVID era I, I never do this. It no, just seems like a bad idea. You know, at some point, they're going to use it for porn. 
Yeah, no, I mean that's when everything takes off, right? <laughs> if your new technology is going to succeed, the screen will be used for porn. Yeah, I've always said that VR's big moment will be when that industry finally embraces it. Oh, no kidding! That's the way it is. Yeah. The metaverse, all this talk of metaverse, ain't going to matter. Let's we'll take a quick look at Oculus.com. Is there a Brazzers VR yet? No, yep. there is not. All yep. right, uh, missing the boat. It's true. Look, our 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 loins are everything. Because we got to reproduce, we got to make more of us. It's a huge imperative. We're evolutionarily inclined to just constantly want to be doing it, and uh, that's just it. It's going to drive everything. All right. There's so. a reason. There's a reason we keep our wallets real close to our penis is because uh, that's where most of our purchases and <laughs> ideas for money making come from. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're not wrong. All right. All right. Let's move on to this next. Uh, yeah, I like this one. A uh, woman finds a uh, window of hotel room opens directly into an operating restaurant. Well, that'd be fun. So funny. I yes. would love this, actually. Uh, so, it, all right. So this basically... <laughs> she, it worked. she knocked everything over on the table when she opens the window. Like, <laughs> yeah, the table. yeah, basically. She says, so yeah. she, it looks like a fake mirror, like a one-way mirror. Um, but what if the mirror was open and you could, <laughs> you could take something directly off their table and eat it yourself? One TikTok user experienced this uh, exactly that when she discovered the window to her Airbnb rental in a Manhattan hotel opened directly into a fully operating restaurant. Desiree Desiree Baker uh, posted on December 20th about arriving in Casa Times Square, mm, where she was expecting a room with a skyline view of Manhattan as advertised in the listing photos. Instead, she said, I quote, pulled up the shades and there's no buildings. We're in a restaurant. <laughs> there is. And there are a couple diners right there yep and i'm gonna pull this i think this video will work yeah um and you know it's uh you delve you dig a little bit deeper and it's really because this restaurant had to build on or had to tack on a an quote-unquote outdoor seating area even though it's an enclosed heated mm -hmm. outdoor seating area but they just basically like built their outdoor seating area right up to the wall of this hotel yeah and didn't think about that being an issue yeah it's crazy like I, I I mean, there's no room. If I've learned anything from the, the John Wilson or yeah, John yes. making yeah, it, doing it. John Wilson. Yeah, I can uh -huh. think of making it with John Wilson. <laughs> uh, is with, that uh, John Schneider? Yeah, uh, that's yeah, the one. It with John Schneider. <laughs> what, if I've learned anything, it's that nothing, nothing is. There's no room left in New York. You're done. Yeah, yeah. It's everything's right. tiny. You walk in, your toilet is right by the door to open the apartment. Like you're just totally. the same with how uh, Japan. Like they can only build up and down in Japan now. Yeah, which I'm I'm down with. I'm, I like it. <laughs> I like building the, uh, up and down. I haven't seen the photo you posted in yeah. the in in uh, on the stream yet. Yeah. But the reaction from the chat room is, "What a messy room!" Oh my god, she exploded in that room. Wow, that room. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we got a lot of room raiders in here. Yeah. A lot of, uh, what's that Japanese lady that does the room checking? Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo's yeah, in here. How much of that stuff sparks joy? Uh, yeah. Manhattan, does Airbnb, any, yeah. does any of it? The answer is no. That's right. That's right. All right. Anyway, yeah, so that's the thing. If you're going to make a TikTok, clean your room first. I think that's what we what we have learned today. Yeah. If we've learned anything, clean your room. Here's a, right. here's a story about uh, space colonists. Okay. Um, scientists are saying, and maybe Bobby can, I don't know if Bobby wants to address this or not later, but <laughs> space colonists will likely resort to cannibalism, say scientists. Mm. Sure. Because uh, if things weren't going to be tough enough for future space colonists, experts now say they're likely to face food troubles and that might just turn them into cannibals. Think uh, think the movie Alive. Was it Alive? Remember that? 
the yeah, soccer yeah, players. The, uh, Donner, oh, that was the soccer team, not the Donner Party. But right. It was also the Donner Party. The Donner, yeah, the soccer team on the airplane, and there were, or no, the rugby team. Rugby team, right? Rugby? Okay. Wait, doesn't, not that it matters, but yeah. And, that, yeah. and the only thing I remember that, about that movie, I remember it being pretty good, but then I also remember I when, they, when they ate people, uh, oh, they, started, they started with the butts. Yes, right. And that stuck with me because they're laying face, so like a dead person from the flight is laying face down frozen in the snow, <laughs> and they just came up and said, well, I don't know what else to do, and they kind of pulled down that dude's pants, sliced off a chunk of that Kit Kat bar, and took it home. And uh, you it. know, and it's... At first thought, it's like, well, that's going to be, you know, there's a lot of meat right there. It's a lot easier to kind of cut that without having to worry about bone. Then mm-hmm. you got to think about, well, that's the butt. And, um, yeah, it's the butt. That's right by where the poop comes out. <laughs> and, uh, maybe that shouldn't be where you, you know, well, we, you get that first. We, slice cow, of salami. We, we get cow meat from, you know, right around the humper. We right? do. Yeah, exactly. Rump roast. Sure. I think that's, that part's fine to me. The part that would freak me out is just, that first, like, slicing into the frozen butt of the guy you used oh, to play soccer yeah, was with. the first guy who has to do that, yeah. Oh, exactly. my gosh, dude. I mean, survival is survival, but holy schmear. Uh, anyway, y'all should watch that, by the way, that movie. Oh. it's. I think it probably holds... I don't know if it holds up. You know what? Let's film Saga. That's what we should do. Oh, I like that idea. I did just get a list of all the movies that are coming to... Um, or that arrived on Netflix on January 1st, and I was going to look through those and see if... Ooh. There was anything anything good. Yeah, I know uh, uh the never ending story. Yeah, I was gonna say that and there was one other one that was like a big eighties deal. Crap. And but never ending story should happen. We should make that happen. Yeah. That giant um, giant still, dog. Still gotta do uh what should we call it? Uh, Star Trek four. We talked about it on um uh film sack when we were talking about the Matrix, but uh get it out Star of the Trek way. Four, yeah. Whale Whale Town yep. needs to be done. Let's get it over with. I mm-hmm. hate that movie. Let's do it. G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra? Uh, sure. I'll do that. I think any of the G.I. Joe films probably should yeah. be in there. Must uh, Snake Eyes come out yet? Or is that still a, still a, a theater uh, thing? Not listed, no. Superman Earth. Returns. Uh, that's Which one's that one? That oh, that's the, uh, the, Brandon Routh, right? Well, the Routh one, yeah, which yeah. would be a good one to... I think that could be a good one to do. Yeah, I got a little Kevin Spacey uh, bald guy action in there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Mrs. Uh, uh, Tess Mocker was played by um, that lady I like from all of <laughs> all of the Christopher Guest movies. I can't think of her name. She was in that. Oh, yeah. oh, uh, uh, Jennifer Coolidge. Uh, no, the other one. Uh, her and the husband that were just so weird about their Rhymer Reiner and making it nervous. Oh, uh, Parker Posey. Parker Posey. Parker Posey. Yeah. yeah. Doctor Park- Smith on the uh, Lost in Space reboot. Yeah, which I hear that new season's great. I got to catch up great. with that. It's great. It is. It's a. I know you like Molly Parker. You're always. I like my. I like me some Molly Parker. Yeah. She and Carrie Coon could should play sisters somewhere. They're oh, very. Oh, uh, that'd be great. That would be great. Have them be on the run from the law. <laughs> That's right. You know, Lawbreakers, Law starring Molly ladies. Parker and Carrie Coon. That's right. And they got it. They're getting chased across the nation by. Uh, I don't know. Someone. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. He'd be, he'd be all grizzled. He's an though. FBI agent who's going rogue and chasing these two ladies. Yeah. And they're going to get him. But then those two ladies drive off a cliff holding hands. And then, oh, wait, that's been done. 
<laughs> all right. Uh, here's a story. Oh, yeah. So anyway, yeah. we're all going to yeah. eat each other is the point. We're going to eat each other when we get to space. Sure. So. sure. so we get to space. We figure out, oh, this takes more food than we thought to bring, and we can't make poop potatoes like Matt Damon. So let's eat each other. Yeah. Just give me a give me break me off a piece of your left leg. <laughs> I don't know. Like I was okay. the other day, I was like uh, laying with the dog, just kind of lounging with the dog, and um, yeah. As I'm petting her, I realize she's a very muscular breed combo. Mm-hmm. She's just really athletic looking, and is very fast. You get her in a park, and she runs like crazy and jumps really high and all that. This is Rainer, Jim Rainer, the female dog, and she's laying there. And as I'm as I'm rubbing her like leg. I realize that is a fine if 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 all came to the worst <laughs> if we were starving and we had no yeah, options yeah. that is a fine leg of meat she's got yeah, right there. There you go. You know, I'd hate to do it. I don't ever want to be in that situation ever. But if you had to, it's not the worst looking hunk of meat. It's nice. You know, she'd eventually have to do it with you if uh, <laughs> yep. if she couldn't get food and, and you died. She wouldn't. Hes- go, she wouldn't even hesitate. She wouldn't even hesitate. She'd whine a little and then she'd go nom 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 and eat me. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Anora takes a bite out of my leg every every morning while I'm brushing my teeth just to see if I'm dead, just yeah. to see if she can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's <laughs> seeing how tender things are. Is this good? It's like a cartoon. Brian looks like a big stick of chicken walking through the house, like uh, like they used to do in the old days. Right. <laughs> um, all right. Speaking of food, our final story of the day: Little Caesars Hot and Ready's. You know those things? You just walk in and buy one for five bucks and I'm walk out. Where one? I have gotten one. One. I did this once. I think I did this a lot more in my twenties. Yeah. I haven't done it in a very long time. I don't remember those. I even worked at Little Caesars for mm-hmm. maybe four months. Yeah. And my, oh, what was the guy's name? Uh, my boss told me, Brian, you must wear a brown slack. You must wear a brown slack to work. <laughs> did you Did you not wear a brown slack? I apparently did not wear a brown slack. Okay. Yeah. Did they uh, let you go or did you leave? How did it no, go? I think I eventually, I think I eventually just got a couple dockers and and warm. But yeah, uh, you you know the conveyor belt is damn handy like basically oh, you yeah. just put the pizza on one end and then the pizza comes out the other end done it's like oh you don't have to check it at all the other pizza places i worked it's like check it lift it up is it cooked all the way through blah 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 yeah. no this thing is like you know they've got it figured out yeah. to, uh, they do and that's why they could be given given that kind of production they could make this decision about having it only be five bucks that's right. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. Even the Little Caesars is no longer immune to price increases. The chain's signature $5 hot and ready pizza now costs 11% more. Uh, they're now selling a new and improved version of the recognizable pizza, which has 33% more pepperoni and a new price, $5.55. So it's not too bad. It's the first price no. increase in 25 years, though. That's crazy. Wow. Uh, that's when they started it, would have been about then. Uh, the pizza went on sale in 2001 and differentiated itself from competitors because it was made ready for takeout without the need to pre-order anything. Despite the increase, uh, it said it's, uh, it is sold at the country's most affordable price compared to its competitors. Well, that's true. 
Yeah, no doubt. You're you're not going anywhere else and getting a five dollar pizza or a five dollar and fifty five cent pizza. I bet you Subway is eyeing this and saying, "Let's see how this goes." <coughs> yeah, let's get some and maybe eye on it. maybe have a, a new five dollar and fifty five cent foot long instead of the five dollar foot long. Yeah, maybe real tuna this time and not. Yeah, exactly. Not, not, couch, not turkey couch uh, cushions or whatever it is. It's in there. sprayed with Japanese flavor sprays. Yeah, flavor <laughs> sprays. Mm. Uh, let's see. Domino's right now is an average of thirteen per per version of this. Uh, pizza perversion huts. is correct. Perversion. <laughs> their pizza is a perversion. <laughs> it kind of is. I like their thin crust once in a while, but yeah, it's not great. Uh, pizza yeah. Hut, sixteen bucks. I haven't had Pizza Hut in a decade. No. Um, no. I used to love it back in the wait long long days ago. We just got a uh, Big Daddy's opened up uh, over by Big Daddy's Pizza, which I know you guys have out in Salt Lake because I signed up for their their discount coupon thing while I was waiting for my pie to get made. And all my texts say, hey, today, buy one, get one 50% off, mm-hmm. Salt Lake City only. Yeah. It's like, well, what the heck? What, you know? <laughs> yeah, what's going on? Why can't you do that everywhere? Yeah. There are three locations in SLC, I believe, and then some further out mm-hmm. in the valley or down the valley and south, south of me. I'm not sure. But yeah, they're, they're supposed to be great, and I've yet to have one. It's not bad. Yeah. yeah we had their uh, veggie vegetarian pizza, and it was really good, even though neither of us are vegetarians. Yeah. It was good. Sometimes you got to try the vegetarian, you know? You do. Just you to totally see. Do. Just to see uh-huh. what's going on there. Well, now I want pizza. Jeez Louise. I kind of want one of these. These are these are not great pizzas, but I really like Little Caesars dough and there's, crust. I like. I was going to say, there's something that they do the crust with like a um, an oil and cornmeal kind of combo on the crust that makes them very, very good. Yeah. Or very tasty, probably very extra, extra bad for you. Just, mm. uh, um, but I did hear that uh, along with this, they're also putting thirty three percent more. Oh, there it is, right there. Thirty three percent more pepperoni. Yeah, uh, on it. You did say that at the beginning before yeah. the. Yeah, the and that seems that seems generous. I think it is. Sure, it's, it's a third. You know, third more. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, by the way, this uh, is part of a blossoming, spiking restaurant price increase over the last 12 months in general. We're looking at 5.8% over the last 12 months, hmm. uh, which is inflation <laughs> and probably not good inflation. Um, anyway, that's according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. The sharp increase underscore the fact that restaurants and food makers are not immune to supply chain and labor pressures continuing to push prices across the board. Um, one thing it said here I wanted to mention was, oh, pizza sales have exploded during the pandemic. Uh, sales, oh, yeah. uh, more than ever. They've had, they're hit all time highs for all the brands. Everybody's like making. It's because everybody's before we figured out that with Grubhub and Uber Eats, we could get anything we want delivered to the house. Our first thought was just give me a pizza. Yeah. I don't want to go out. I don't want to leave the house. Give me yeah, a pizza. Give you a pizza. And also pizza, those pizza places usually don't charge surcharges on top of the delivery. So you're not paying like the Grubhub extra prices or whatever. That's why like right. Jimmy John's, Jimmy John's does their own deliveries and they don't charge any extra. Yeah. Yeah. They just bring it and they're freaking fast. fast. My God, They are freaking fast. Um, I'm a block out of their delivery area. Um, but there's a juice place I really like, so I just I just have it delivered to the juice place. I get my juice and I wait outside for my Jimmy John's. That's awesome. <laughs> really, you have them like bring it yes. right there where you're at. That's amazing. Yeah. So like I just basically say, <laughs> I'm in a I'm in a Kia Soul in the parking lot in front of the juice place, and the guy taps on my window and hands me my Turkey Tom. That's freaking fantastic. Yeah. I also get the Turkey Tom. I like that one. It's a good one. Oh, and if you get it as an unwitch. Yeah. 
It's, Ooh, it's even ooh, better. Might have to do that today. Like, All right. Super, super healthy. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. Um, and when we come back, we're going to spend some time with Bill Duran, our resident maker, and uh, a little time with Bobby also. Yeah. Uh, talk about some science that he hasn't warned me about, so I don't know what we're doing. It could be anything. A science warning. A uh, science oh, an warning. Unwitch. People are asking what an unwitch is. An unwitch is they take the bread off and replace it with a lettuce. So it's a lettuce wrap sandwich. So yep. basically the biggest the biggest pro, uh, biggest uh, calorie and carb thing on there is uh, is removed and replaced with lettuce, which is yeah. nothing. If you're trying to lower your bread intake, that's a way to do it. All right. Uh, let's take that break. Let's play that song. What do you got over sure. there? <laughs> wow, Claire, not a fan of the description of the unwitch oh. uh, and her f- use of the F-bomb. Okay. Hey, uh, Jason Robbins emailed me and said, I am submitting a song called Lazy Eye from my band, Fall As Well, for Indie in the Middle. This song was released on Universal Records back in 2004. The song peaked at number 42 on the Billboard Rock and uh, AAC charts, the adult alternative Mm, charts adult. and at the time we toured with three doors down the X's, crossfade and a host of other bands sadly the band broke up amidst internal fighting bad management and then hurricane katrina put the final nail in the coffin well uh, earlier this year i remastered the original self-titled album and added three more songs that we recorded in memphis just before breaking up we titled it 2020 special edition it took 15 years to get the legal mumbo jumbo settled and now we're finally able to self-publish the original album it's available on all the streaming platforms spotify google play youtube etc so 2020 wasn't all that bad considering uh, side note, the iTunes version of the song is wrong. It's wrong, and Apple has not been very responsive about replacing the file, but all of the streaming services are fine. Uh, you've got our complete permission to play the song on TMS. Thank you so much for everything. Jason Robbins, the drummer of Fall As Well. This is great. Um, I listened to this this morning. I don't know how I missed it. He sent it to me a couple of months ago, and I missed it then. But um, God, who was I thinking? Who was I kind of comparing this to like a... Uh, like if Toad the Wet Sprocket was still making oh making music uh, today, and somebody's probably an email and say, "No, Toad the Wet Sprocket had a new album in 2021, and you missed it." Um, <laughs> but it's got that it's got that really good driving rock, alternative rock vibe. I totally dig this. Nice. Here is the song "Lazy Eye" by the band Fall as well.
Marbling refers to the flecks of fat interspersed throughout the meat. It adds juiciness, taste, and tenderness to the beef. This is the morning stream. That's some sweet weed, man. We're back, everybody. That song once again. That song is Lazy Eye by the band Fall as well. Big thanks to uh, Jason Robbins, uh, who's the drummer of the band, for sending that one in. And I'm going to hopefully get to thank him in person at the end of this month in Nolens when I get to uh, have a drink with him. Ah, oh, that's or right. Get get dinner or po' boy or some etouffee or jambalaya or something. Yeah, just be careful because you can be right there in the French Quarter enjoying all the the nice, uh, you know, uh, friendly to visitors business and then one street over, you get mited. Mited. Yeah, right. Mited. It's a weird town. when they met, it was mited. Mited. All right, everybody sit down and relax and listen to this. Your bat cave's open there, Bill. Bill Duran of PunishProps.com joins us from his studio up in the Pacific Northwest. And it's always good to have Bill here because we get to find out what he's been making. Hello, professional maker, Bill. Hello, hello. Hi. Good morning. Nice hello. to see you or have you here again. Uh, how was your New Year's? It was fantastic. I played a lot of cyberpunk. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I need the last to... two weeks. I've played about 60 hours of cyberpunk. <laughs> I need oh, wow. to I need to brush that thing off and play it. I mean, I've got it on PC, so I've, you know, technically got the best possible performing version. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's patched to a point now where I, I just figure the game's you know as good as it's going to be. I should just play yeah. it. Why don't I play? Yeah, it? Yeah, I got it. I got it on PC on the Steam sale for half mm-hmm. off, and there are some couple funky weird things that happen in the game, but nothing to ruin the experience. I'm yeah. having a good time. Yeah, and they've cool. got some. They got a big DLC coming up uh, that may end up being free, uh, given all the weirdness that happened with the launch of that thing. But yeah, might be time to. For me to poke in there and see what's up. Uh, well, good. I'm glad hey, you had some time. Yeah, go ahead. I was uh, thinking about you all weekend Come as on. I <laughs> as I was working on uh, priming and painting these. This is uh, a Star Lord uh, element gun or quad yes. blaster from oh, the toy. Cool. Basically, doing your you know following a lot of your thing. I'm not going to do the. Um, the uh the grip stuff um mm-hmm. the carbon fiber grip because this Earth. one this isn't the nerf one or it's not the one that, that you did and this one actually has a really good texture on the handle Ooh, yeah um so i'm keeping that um you can see a little overspray on one part but it's basically it's time for touch-ups and stuff like that to to get this thing going and that's this awesome is, oh it's got a little you know, shooter it's got a little shooter and actually nice. it even like if you turn it sideways it changes to one of the other gun sounds oh nice it's got a little accelerant, cheap accelerometer oh, so in there. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so now it's time to rough this thing up and make it look like it's got some battle damage. And yeah, all that nice stuff. and this dirty. Is, this is how the Element Gun looks when Star Lord bought it at the Element Gun store. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. The Element Guns RS. It's pretty cool. Shane. <laughs> it still has that brand new Element Gun smell. Yeah. <laughs> still got that. Still got that chrome paint smell. Mm-hmm. Never even fired. That's uh, fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. I didn't know you were working Thank on that. That's awesome. Thank you for inspiring me. I needed something. Got I've it. got a space on my wall under the under the shield, uh, which is waiting for these uh, element guns to go. Nice. Well, Excellent. Bill, uh, having you here is uh, always a, a pleasure. What's uh, what's on the table today for Mister Maker Man? All right, uh, I'm going to start with my recommendation because I want to talk about a hobby that has captivated me. Okay. So I put a link in the chat there. That is uh, a channel called Abandoned Miniatures, mm. and it's an abandoned miniature diorama. 
Oh, I heard of this. Oh, is this? uh, Oh, my gosh. Is my daughter watching? She's going to lose her mind. This is her favorite. (laughs) Her favorite thing on the planet is miniatures. Right. So this like this opening scene here looks like a dirty old house with like some smoke in it. It's very atmospheric. Yeah, that's that's a miniature. That's tiny. Yeah, it looks full scale. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. God, it looks right out of uh, Resident Evil uh, 7. Like, oh, it looks yeah. like that first part of the room you start in, and there's like that newspaper on the table. and the. You know what? Mm-hmm. It might be a replica of that. Is that what he's aiming for? I can't remember what he was what he was going for, but yeah, it might yeah, be. It a says Resident right Evil. there, Resident Evil Seven. Brian, you're dead on. Oh, it does. Yeah, it's, oh, there it is. It's in okay, his description. Cool. Yeah, that that's nailed crazy. It. Really nailed it. Yeah, that game gave me wow. the shits. Anyway, or yeah. sorry, the poops. <laughs> uh, so, have you done much of this? Like, you know, I've done a couple of little things. Um, nothing to this complexity, right? Never to sort of replicate real life. Uh. This this is like I could I could get into this hobby big next time. level stuff right there. Yeah. Like look yeah. at wow. the way look at the work he's doing on just these um blinds. <laughs> right? And yeah. the blinds themselves the the idea of a, of the blinds is not to have them look like nice clean blinds. The goal is to make them look ratty and like they've been through something. Yeah, like in he's the got thing. tweezers to put a single piece of string on there. Oh, so good. that's so cool. Incredible. Yeah, I watched a bunch of these videos last night. <laughs> I feel like uh, I, he's so yeah. You yeah, can. We've gone over um, like that Ghibli uh, Howl's Moving Castle model a couple weeks ago. Some some dude was making uh, making tiny things is so much fun. But making sets specifically is just a really cool niche. Uh, you could make a little set for your action figures, right? Like let's say you've got all your uh, Avengers, you could make a little shawarma. Mm-hmm. Uh, restaurant and have all your <laughs> action figures sitting around having lunch. <laughs> That's uh, great. You can, you. W- one of the things that is attractive about this hobby compared to what I do is you use so few materials. You don't like it's tiny, so you don't have to use like you know two feet by four feet of foam or whatever. Your pieces are like millimeters big. Uh, there are a lot of really cool techniques to learn to make things look real and to make things look like they're the appropriate scale. Yeah. So, for example, fabric, uh, if you use a normal weave of fabric that you would wear for a shirt that's meant to be, you know, one twelfth scale or something, the weave on that fabric is going to be too big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's lots of fun stuff to dive in there. Yeah. Uh, and then the other great thing is, like, you go on YouTube, there are so many examples, so many channels that do stuff like this, and they're all really cool. You know what? So if you want to get into this hobby, there are plenty of resources. Yeah. I, I mean, one of the things that, that it strikes me with this sort of thing is there's a level of patience that, that's required that, I don't know maybe is unique to this particular form of art <laughs> because there's things he's worried about here that are things you would not worry about so much in a painting. You can generalize more, you know, you can sure, say, yeah, well, I'm yeah. making a very detailed painting of a room, but truthfully, the back wall texture is actually pretty grainy and, 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 and quick because it's not the focus. So we can get away with that or whatever. He can't mm-hmm. do that here. Like mm-hmm. everything has to be, as perfect as you can do it. And he's also got to come right. up with real world ways of doing that, of creating the effect he's looking for that is not as easy as like, you know, yeah, you a, can't just draw it with your magic 
pencil there, Scott. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you want without nope. it costing any more money. Yeah, and I can't, you know, command undo or any of this. Like, yeah, you're, you're no, just right? yeah. stuck with whatever you have. I have nothing but admiration for this, but I don't think I have it in me. I don't think I could do yeah. it. Did you, could, um, did you happen, to happen to see, I'll put this in our Discord, but there's there was also floating around this dude, let's see, what's his name? Artist Killcutter basically does what you're talking about with, with action figures. He takes old, discarded... Well, not discarded. Let's we'll just say Star Wars because that's all he shows in this in this thing. But Star Wars action figures that um, he then poses in some crazy situations and then and then photographs them. Some of it's mm-hmm. done in post processing, like you know some Photoshop work later and stuff. But but basically, it makes these ultra realistic, very epic, cool images and 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 stuff with freaking seven inch action figures. And I love yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff too. It's just, you know it's not quite the same as this, but you know this this kind of really detailed tiny work is really fascinating to me right and then if you've made your set you can throw your um action figure in there yeah you can even design it this is where my brain goes immediately thinking about how they shot the mandalorian i could use my television as like a my own volume Mm -hmm. put that behind the set to fill in the deep background then have a cool set and then have my action figures there you go yeah and then just fill my own blur it out a little bit where yeah, you can't yeah. tell it's a screen yeah. they've even got um, they've got an action figure of darth maul laying at the bottom of where he fell cut in two pieces <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> the, the bottom of that pit That's yeah, awesome. yeah it's really really cool and some of it they don't even look like action figures they look like right this is just a whole stage oh, yeah. painting or something but anyway i admire this stuff i wish i had yeah. more time for these sorts of so things. the thing the thing that excites me is like what you could pull off with just a handful of materials with with like set building miniature set building cardboard and foam core can go a long way you could build all your walls out of cardboard mm-hmm. um you could even use cardstock and elmer's glue if that's all you have you can start building sets today yeah uh all of your D paints all the materials you use for making D minis and stuff all useful here uh, things like popsicle sticks get used all the time or balsa wood. Uh, but even if all you have is popsicle sticks and you need to make stuff out of wood, that's they're basically tiny little boards, really. Yeah. You can make anything out of them. It's pretty rad. Uh, yeah, and you can get started with just like an X-Acto knife. That's it. That's really all all you need to get started. Yeah. But then once you get into it, there's a whole world of possibilities. I uh, so this I assume this anybody guy, who does this, including you, you all have bad backs, right? Your necks are terrible. Yeah, just hunched <laughs> over. I mean, I have a bad back anyway. It's oh. not because I'm doing minis. <laughs> mm. Okay. So true. Uh, so once you get started, the sky's the limit. Obviously, 3D printing is, like, perfect for this. Um, I just got a um, AnyCubic resin printer. The, one of the newer ones. Oh, nice. Yeah. Those, those little resin printers. Man, they're good now. They're they so are, good. They're like so a, good. They're still a pain in the butt to clean, but... Yep. Um, if I were getting one 3D printer right now, choosing between a resin and a filament, I'd I'd go resin. Yeah, Love yeah, it. it's yeah. bananas how good. It, and and like I said, this is tiny stuff. So those resin printers print small detail very well. Yeah. So you could print some like like smaller than you think things. You could print for for your little dioramas here. Well, that's an interesting uh, but- point because most people think. When they get a new printer or they're messing with their printers, capacity for bigger is always the thing you're thinking of, right? right? Yeah, but in yeah. this case, you're like, no, we're focused on as small mm-hmm. and as sort of refined as possible. And 
Yeah. It's a very different thing. I think all these pieces uh, he used here are 3D printed, right? Let's microwave. Yeah, I think the, so. Like the, the microwave and the stove and all that. Uh, something else to look out for, though. Um, Dollhouses. You want to talk about accessories and furniture? Look up dollhouse stuff at different scales. There, there, this is a whole rabbit hole you could dive into. Mm. Just dollhouse accessories. So if you get into this, look up dollhouse stuff. Uh, and then what gets me really, really excited is the use of a lot of different materials like metal or foil. So for this model, his or a different model this guy made, his roof was supposed to look like a tin roof, and he made it all out of aluminum foil. Oh, that's cool. Totally. It looks great. It bends the way it's supposed to. Uh, you can do stuff with real fabric, which is cool. Huh. And like I said before, real wood, like your popsicle sticks and balsa wood. Oh, see, this is like, you know what this is? This is the modern version of, you know, some old tribe where the tri- one of the old tribe's elders sits in the woods <laughs> carving shit out of rocks or whatever, stuff out of rocks. And, you know, and then everybody in the place going, oh, yeah, he's our great artist, but this is all he does. It's, yeah. It reminds me of that because what else would you yeah. have time for? I'm looking at the intric the intricacies of this, and it's just insane He's to the me. Mini Smith, is yeah. What he is. He's oh the yeah, town Mini Smith. <laughs> yeah, the town Mini Smith. <laughs> yep, yep. There you go. And the town B is YouTube and the internet. So nice. Oh yeah. Uh, and the, very on cool. the screen right now, he he painted a bunch of Elmer's glue on his uh, cabinet there, and then he airbrushes over it. Yeah. What happens is when that glue dries, it it actually splits the paint to make it look like old split oh, paint. Wow. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. There's so many cool techniques like that. They're so useful. And it's stuff that probably took him uh, years to figure out that he could make that effect the way he wanted to. Right, right, right. See, I admire that. Or watch it in a YouTube video. I admire it and I fear it at the same time. Uh, Well, very cool. Uh, People (laughs) should go check this out. This dude is called, hold on, Abandoned Miniatures. And it looks like there's a whole lot more than this. Uh, to check out. I'm absolutely blown away by this. And then what do you do with like this is how you make Jerry's apartment, Brian. Yep. Oh, oh man. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah. That would be perfect. Oh. Doesn't have to be all crusty and destroyed. It can have a bu- few boxes of cereal on the side. Sure. Or, yeah, or, or, or make it gross. That'd be fine too. Yeah. That'd be, it would be been cool. a couple of decades. That apartment's probably gnarly now. Yeah. Yeah, right. No, you now? could do you could do speaking of lost, you could do like the little hatch. You know, the little uh, miniature yeah. of the, the hatch area down below. And there's so many great sets that you can think of to do with that. That's really cool. I'm in love with this. Yep. Is he, do you think he's wearing any eyewear to, to look close at stuff? Do you think there's any kind of like uh, magnifiers or whatever? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe he just has good vision. Maybe. I do. I, this is what I do. I take my glasses off. My, my normal vision, I'm nearsighted. My six inches away from my face, my vision is like amazing crystal clear yeah that's how that works any further away from that it's garbage (laughs) but i have like superman vision with my glasses off so long as it's six inches from my face so i've been i've been peering over the top of my glasses a lot lately i've been yeah yeah finding myself doing that old man in it i like it yep uh well all right this is very very cool and i can't wait to see anything you ever do in the future like this at this scale Mm -hmm. i would love i would love to see that process from bill uh bill anything else going on you want to mention before we go Nope, that's it. Okay. Wow. All right. Well, look at you at 2020 ready to rock. Uh, I haven't done any work for the last two weeks, so unless you want to talk about Cyberpunk some more, I'm good. All right. Well, I'm glad the I'm glad you've had some time off. There's nothing wrong with that. And uh, we will see you next time right here on your segment. Bye, Bill. Bye. Oh, I yelled that loud. Sorry, everybody. Didn't mean to get loud. Bye. Um, okay. Who's our next guest? Oh, yeah. Bobby. It's Bobby. Bobby. We go from Bill to Bobby. And then we get all scientific and stuff with him. 
Uh, my favorite comment, by the way, in the chat today is uh, Jay Funktastic, who'd said, I'd love to do miniature stuff, but my cats would eat it. It's probably right. Yeah, cats, probably. Cats do. Yeah. Bobby that. just Bobby accidentally just called me from the ANTP thing while while you were saying that. Oh, weird. <laughs> well, I'll take him in any form I can get him. Uh, speaking of uh, that guy, that name we just invoked, it's Bobby Frankenberger. He joins us all the way from South Carolina to talk about a little science. Hi, Bobby. Welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey, you remember last week we you couldn't connect? That's what was happening. I was I was trying to call someone else every time I thought I was picking up. Oh, oh funny. Weird. What <laughs> oh, because you saw the little. Uh, phone icon at the top and you thought that would answer yeah so that's a bobby yep. thing totally makes sense yeah. totally makes yep. sense yeah so we blame you for that and uh it's yep. fine totally it's totally fine totally. you can be well you, you be you <laughs> uh, how's it going good man how are you are you doing all right i'm i'm doing i'm doing great there's this hopefully you won't be able to hear it but there's this helicopter that keeps flying over my house and it's been Uh-oh. happening like Uh-oh. for days maybe I it's your like, topic you're gonna talk. I don't understand, but like, I think somebody in our neighborhood got like a helicopter for Christmas. <laughs> Is it possible it's a small remote one, like a remote control? No, it's a full because I've gone out and looked at it with the binoculars, and uh, and it's really annoying as a podcaster. You don't really like yeah. aircraft flying over your house. No, I agree. I don't like wow. that. It's loud. And why yeah, are they yeah. surveilling you in your neighborhood? You gotta, you gotta know these things. You know? I don't know. There's like a little Quit small lake right next to us, so maybe they're flying over that. This guy's spouting scientific information. We can't have that in the South. <laughs> Just kidding, South. You guys are great. I love you. I do. My wife's from there. Uh, so anyway, I know you don't know you you uh, you commented multiple times that you don't know what I'm bringing anymore, and I I stopped telling you because you always just said that sounds good. Like I feel like we've, mm. we yeah you're not going <laughs> to bring uh, anything I don't like. There's never going to be a like nah yeah. come up with something else. Yeah, <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about the weather today. Um, <laughs> Great <laughs> to disappoint. Great. You. It was actually a climate change thing, uh, but I want a quick update for. So last week we mentioned. Um, Omicron and how it was like 90% of cases, but I wanted to do like a sort of a sort of correction. The day after I talked about how there were 90% of cases were Omicron, yeah. the CDC adjusted their estimate down to like 59%. So oh. just wanted to to make what, it clear. In what was that based on? That how, how did they get the revised number? I'm just curious. You know what the process is to do that? Or is it was just some I guy in the back room going, ah, it's probably closer to 59 and then they went with it? <laughs> Or what? I think what it is is they just didn't have all the numbers in yet, and then um, and then and then every state kind of calculates that all differently. And I think some of the states updated updated the way that they were calculating things. I don't know. They're just everybody's always trying to get information out really really fast. And I think sometimes when you do get it out really really fast, you make mistakes. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Well, this is the problem, so. right? You have to balance the speed at which we need things like rapid testing. And just stuff to keep people alive, right? Your hierarchy of needs right. requires that you're doing these quick things for that end of it. But on the other end, we need measurement. We need measure measurement tools. We need the time it yep. takes to say, oh, this is a new variant. And here's how much the percentage, blah, blah, blah. That stuff isn't stuff you do in a rapid way. So right. it's this juxtaposition of hurry, 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 and take the time that's necessary and unfortunately, I think for a lot of people that frustrates them, but it's just the way of it. I don't know how else you do it. You know, like what yeah, else are you going to do? Frustrating, especially as a science communicator who's familiar with th- this is normal in science in general, right? Is that you constantly you gather data, you you 
you say what you know, and then you get more data, and then you update your knowledge, right? And yeah. so that's just like the the process. But but I don't think that's just not how I think most people think about things. They they get information, and that's kind of they they lock it in. That's the information, and then when it changes, it's it can be upsetting and confusing. Um, so, well, that's because they don't understand that this stuff does change, and if and and they right. see it as well. Wait, they said ninety. How am I supposed to trust them? Well, no, the goal wasn't. Here's the number to trust. The goal is trust in the process of adjusting, because <laughs> you right. have to. That's just the way it is. Like I, I, I get why people get frustrated. I totally get it. But don't. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? Like, are they? The, the alternative is that they do give you a fake number and say that it's set in stone. <laughs> do you want to just lie to me, please? Yeah, just, that's all. Yeah, that's what I don't well, understand. The alternative is thing. really that they just don't. Uh, well, they don't uh, give, give you any, any information at all. Yeah, because right. they're afraid to give you a wrong, wrong information. So there's that balance. You either don't get any information because you don't want wrong information, or you don't want outdated information, or you get lots of conflicting information because you're getting it as it comes out. Yeah. So where you got to fall somewhere in the middle, and where do you do that? That's mm-hmm. that's a policy thing, and and people make mistakes. Hum- humanity humanity is hard at scale. I've noticed. Have you noticed that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when the numbers get big, it's just complicated. If there's like 12 of us, we'd have this all taken care of. We'd be good. We'd have it. But no, there's 8 billion of us and we have to deal with it. So there you have it. Speaking of speaking of us being really bad at large numbers and long-term things and making bad decisions and everything, uh, we just had another climate modeling report come out of the International Panel on Climate Change, the oh, IPCC. No. Oh, boy. And um, so climate stuff is usually always kind of bad news. Um, But uh, what they did, the news that just came out was that they did a report analyzing the economic impacts of different types of decision making that we can make. And and they found out what the impacts of uh, making extreme like whether or not we we meet the goals of the Paris climate agreement versus in time that we've said we were going to versus versus if we don't and what the economic impacts of of those things are and in particular they published a report saying that um what the impacts of not making extreme changes to to reach the temperature goals that were set Mm. will be yeah um and there's a lot to unpack there so let me first of all Paris climate agreement um, just to update people, if they don't know, it was a 2015 treaty, international treaty that was made to um, set the goal of keeping global temperatures, you know, at or below two degrees Celsius uh, worldwide. Um, and the thing is that there are a lot of people who argue that doing that will be incredibly like like the things that you'll have to do to reach that goal are going to be incredibly expensive and they will be that there's no doubt about that it's incredibly expensive yeah um and this report was put together by these um modeling groups that that run all these models and statistics and everything and they they just wrote the wrote it up and basically showed that it would be more expensive to let it get to two degrees Celsius or higher than if we spend a bunch of money now 
to do something about See, it. See, now that's now. that actually that concept scales pretty well because oh, you yeah. could you could say uh, I could build this dog house in the summer so my dog's ready for the winter. I don't have an outside dog, but if I did, mm. I'd have them all set for the winter so the dog would be nice and warm in his cozy little dog house. Or I could say that's too expensive and hope something else works out between now and winter. Someone donates one. Right. It comes out of nowhere. Something falls off the back of a truck. Well, it's winter. Dog's going to freeze. Mm-hmm. Now what am I going to do? Like To me, right. that is a scalable concept that should be easy for all of us to say, a, number one, to say it's expensive is kind of a weird thing to say anyway because we all make up money and money is whatever money is. So just spend sure. it. Spend it on something that will save humanity. What's the alternative? Not doing it? Okay. Well, you're all sh- shitheads then. Bye. Like, I don't know what to <laughs> well, say to these people. <laughs> well, it's a more poignant analogy that you made than maybe you intended because it's not. they're not even necessarily only considering spending it to do it now or not. Um, one of the things that they looked at was uh, one of the plans that some people have put forward is, okay, we want all of this, this, we want to reduce our carbon footprint and we want to have less of a carbon impact and we want to reduce temperatures, but that's really hard to do right now. We've kind of passed a threshold and we're just like, we're in mitigation mode right now. How do we, how do we make it not as bad as it is going to already be and so some people are saying well what if what if we what if instead what we do is we delay doing it immediately like we don't drop crap tons of money now to to stop it now what if instead we know that we're going to sh- overshoot the goal and we just start working on plans later after 2050 or so to to then decarbonize the atmosphere decarbonize the planet get pull carbon out and then get back below yeah like then then pull back and come below what we need it to be yeah so that was one of that's one of the alternatives and this report also addresses that and shows that no even if we go over at all it will be worse than if we if we do everything we can now economically it will be worse. Right. Which is an important specific distinction that they're looking at is economically because that's in the realm of politics, which is where all this policy gets made. That's one of the big, big arguments that that is put forward is that this is is how can we make this economically viable? And then you have all these other alternatives. Well, ec- economic it, it also has implications beyond just how much does something cost or how much will we be at a loss for once we don't do it or whatever. Like those are, me- those are measures or those are metrics to, to think about. But the main metric is you're talking about billions of, well, at least hundreds of millions of people in certain parts of the world where economic disruption means death. Like just you're done. Yeah. And you that's, know? that's definitely an important ethical. I think that's one of the most important ethical considerations to take is that this is, this disproportionately affects different people in the world. In fact, Again, this report looked at that and said that the the it will disproportionately impact specifically um, tropical places like and they they named Brazil, West Africa, and South Africa all places that are tropical and very much rely on the the climate for agricultural exports and things like that that right. that main to maintain their their way of life. Yeah. Know? Arizona would just have to call it quits. 
<laughs> Just kidding, Arizona. You guys are great. You don't need to do anything. You're fine. Now, one of the reasons that they've determined that it's going to cost more is because of extreme weather impacts like heat waves. Speaking of um, places like Arizona and out in the West, recently there have been a lot of heat waves um, and also extreme weather phenomena like like hurricanes and tornadoes um, are getting worse. They're not necessarily getting more like some people say, oh, there's more hurricanes now. There's not necessarily more hurricanes trending in terms of the trends, but they're more severe. Um, and that's a problem. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So That's um, a big problem. <laughs> yeah. Severity is uh, kind of all of it. Like if you had, it's like that old story of like, what would you rather do? Fight uh, 100 uh, raccoon sized uh, dogs or a thousand or whatever it is. I don't know what it is. <laughs> However that works. Would you rather yeah. do the one or the other? I would much rather have a lot of tiny hurricanes than one giant one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Wouldn't you? I think I think I know what you mean. Hurricanes already are really big. So a, hundred, a thousand <laughs> tiny ones is probably pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. I guess if you because hurricane by by its very definition is a certain level of, of trouble. Right. So right. Right. <laughs> I, I guess what I'm saying is I would rather have. OK, yeah, I'd rather have a million. Uh, you know what? Here it is. If it means no more homes or people are destroyed, yeah. then I will have I'll have rain every day. That's fine. The inconvenience of rain every day if it means no more yeah. homes or yeah. homes destroyed or people killed. Yeah, right. let's do that. That's right. a trade I can live with is if I have the control to do that. That's fantastic. Right. Let's make it happen. <laughs> but other ways that that um, increasing temperatures impacts um, the the planet economically are not just extreme weather. Like those are the obvious ones you can point to. Oh, crops are going to die because of heat waves. You know, people's entire communities are going to be destroyed because of hurricanes those are obvious but there are other things like the the load on energy systems across countries yeah like uh, energy grids um you know fairly recently there was the whole debacle of of in texas with with uh energy grids just being overloaded and shutting down and and um there are other reasons to point to why that happened but that's that's a microcosm of what could happen on a larger scale um if these types of trends continue there's also they they even modeled uh had game theory models showing that if we let the the temperatures go beyond where they need to go and everybody starts having all these climate problems yeah. that pop up because of increased temperatures um what will the the cooperative action between countries or the lack thereof how will that Im- impact economics too they even modeled all of that yeah and so it's interesting because um one of the aspects of this station 11 show i'm watching that i thought was fascinating in the early days of it the singapore government decided not to they made a, a decision to not tell its people what was happening yeah and to make it completely you know not maybe not full don't look up levels of like ignorance but they want they basically said everything is fine this will all pass in a day you know just really really undersold this 999 people dead out of a thousand problem they were having and it immediately put that country in a place where it had to defend a stance like that which means it put it in a place where potential war was going to happen because the people next to you are not doing that and you've got refugee issues and like that stuff has just such like domino effects 
that you have, but you have to have that in this model because again, mm-hmm. humanity sucks at scale. We're no good at it. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. And people make bad decisions, selfish de- decisions, and 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 just people aren't good at it. I think that's a really really um, <laughs> important point to understand is yeah. that that people. All together, we don't make, we're not always the best decision makers. No, you know why it's also frustrating? We have a view, we have the world view, but you and I Mm -hmm. can do very little. Like, we can do what we can for our own little footprint. Like, I can go, well, let's keep the lights off, kids, and try not to have these computers on all the time. And, you know, little things, I guess, uh, you know, recycling or whatever you can do. But, it's still just this you are such a microcosm that it's hard to feel like you you're, you're blasted yeah. with the news of it but you can do so little individually to, to fix it because you know not everyone's going to be on the same page and i don't know it's frustrating and you know in the past we've we've tried to decades ago we've tried to um as policy tried to shift the the responsibility onto individuals you know ch- you know get energy efficient light bulbs don't turn turn your lights off don't let your water run um you know get the low flush toilets and stuff like that yeah um but uh but we've learned over time that that not only so it's 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 fr- as an individual you don't feel like you're having an impact so that reduces your sort of motivation to do anything right mm-hmm. and so that's just human nature and so collectively as a whole we don't kind of come together to make those changes and so that's why we've come i think in the very recently we've started to realize that it's it, these decisions really have to be made by um, companies, corporations, um, policy decisions by governments, and and that's where science and you know politics kind of intersects. Yeah, and and you 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 can't rely on individuals to make those decisions. You really have to kind of figure out how do we how do we organize society to make it so that collectively we are making the right decisions and that has to come from the top down i think that's that's my opinion but um let's call it macro responsibility how about that right there you go you like that term yeah write that down everybody one day i'll be famous for it (laughs) better turn that into an nft and sell it scott i'm gonna do it right now nfts for everybody look under your seat you get an nft all right (laughs) Well, uh, this is uh, fascinating stuff. Obviously, those, uh, you know, I'm always interested in hearing what projection stuff is. That's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard yesterday, or read yesterday, a pretty big report someone did, and I wish I could point to it so I could give people a citation here. I can't. I'm sorry about that. I'll try to find it and tweet it. But it was basically uh, the, or sorry, the, the energy impact of... Uh, all of crypto and its associated things. So you can throw NFTs in there, but cryptocurrency as a thing and, and, and the crypto effort, however they quantified it, um, more than doubled its power usage in a year yeah, and erased all any impact from electrical vehicles or hybrids. Just erased it. <laughs> <laughs> as if those don't exist. So one of the things you could do as an individual is like, yep, my next car is an electric. Well, that still has issues because electricity comes from somewhere. It's generated by this. Sometimes it's coal. You know, like there's that whole argument. Right, but right. but still you're less reliant on petroleum or whatever. And so you are making some some impact. That impact collectively just wiped. Done. Gone. Because all the crypto took over from it. That's got to be reckoned with at some point. 
because it's doing yeah. nothing but growing. That genie's out of the bottle, and I'm not saying the tech isn't cool, but that tech takes is taking more and more power. And people think it's just magical and it's just going to happen with or without anything, and it doesn't. You got to have a way to do it. And if it's just creating more, you know, carbon waste and whatever other, however else you're you're generating power to run servers and do the stuff you do, like we got to we got to do something. Like there's lots of interesting conversations to be had about that. I think because there are ways, even on a large scale, to do crypto stuff without having as much of a even though it requires the electricity like that is that is a fact yeah um but but there are ways to organize it to where you you know there are you could using organizing it so that renewable energy is being used instead of um mm-hmm. just the energy out of the wall in your garage you know <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> stuff, yeah which stuff. is so out of sight out your of mind your 221 whatever <laughs> yeah. it takes it's yeah. like beef though i always think of it like beef like I got a steak on my plate and it's amazing. It's so good, but I didn't have to do anything to get it. I mean, I had to pay right. for it, but I didn't go have to go kill that cow, raise that cow, then kill it, then gut it, then take all the meat out of it, then you know do all the things you had to do back in the day. I didn't have to do any of that for the chicken sandwich I made or for whatever it is, whatever it came from. And we get into this mindset where it's just there so we don't think about it. Electricity is 100% that. Like, it's just there, and somehow we got it, and yeah, I pay a bill every month, but I don't know. Like, it's not good. It's good to think about Yeah, a little bit more. It's important to think about. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Well, hanging with you is always important as well. Bobby, we love our our Tuesdays with Bobby. Don't we, Brian? We just love him. We do. We do. It's a special time. It's a learning time. It's a learning time. time That's right. It's like school. South Carolina's taking over the show, isn't it? Yeah. Kind of, yeah. In a weird way. At least uh, three days a week. Yeah. yeah, and Mondays. Yeah. yeah, you guys are the long con of TMS. Well done. <laughs> Pretty soon the whole show will be done from Charleston. <laughs> Isn't Red Fraggle in the South too? The Southeast. She is. So, um, yeah. Amy is. Uh, so oh right, a Thursday. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Oh man, you, you guys go. really are taking over. Yeah. <laughs> Rut row. <laughs> yeah, I, it's uh, it's great though. I, I for one embrace our Southern overlords. Bring it on. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, just, you know, some of the things you do, maybe drop those, but then it'll be fine. Hey, sure. Bi- uh, Bobby, tell people where they can find your show and why they should find it. What's going on over there? So uh, I have a weekly science podcast where we talk about issues like this and, and things that pop up in the news. It's called All Around Science. Me and my co-host, Mora, we talk about it every week. Um, the episode that just came out yesterday had lots of really interesting stuff. Bladeless brain surgery was, is a thing Whoa. that's being developed. Bring it on. Um, our main topic, we, we discussed sentience versus sapience. What's the difference and how does it, how does, what does that have to do with animal ethics, how we treat animals and everything? And sure. Also, there was a story about a robot fish that was made that hunts down <laughs> other mosquito fish. And so, and, yeah. Good. I like wow. that. I like a good robot fish story. Yeah. yeah talking my language here. Fish Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> fish, fish Terminator is such a good yeah. That made my brain go 20 directions at once, and now I can't think what to do next. All right. Bobby, as always, the pleasure is ours having you on. Uh, we wish you nothing but the best new year, and of course, look forward to seeing you each and every Tuesday right here. Have a great one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye now. See you, Bobby. Bye now. Okay, Bye what? now. Why is that doing that? Okay, there we go. Hey, look at us here at the end of the show. Now, before we get out of here, I got a mashup, bonus style. Ooh, bonus. Yep. This is an NTR, which stands for Nailed the Read. It's a new kind of mashup we haven't had on the show before. Yeah, it's a new category. And uh, Jamie put it together. We're going to play it now. 
The title is The Streak. Okay? The Streak. Who knows which one it refers to? Let's, en- let's enjoy this together. Pseudoscience with Bobby. Oh, no. Oh, you no, want me to no, sing we can't that? Have that? All right. Well, yeah. so I'll do it. Pseudo. Oh, it's Sue. 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 Studio. Come on. Sue. Studio. Shit. I got studio in there. Sue. Sue. Studio. Shit. This all stays in, please, by the way. Sue. Sue. Pseudoscience with Bobby on this episode of The Morning Stream. Coming up soon, the actual read of today's thing. We're going to see if our streak holds. Brian's a little, you know. Oh, he's gosh. Yeah, maybe I'm jinxed it by talking about a streak. Hot cockles. No, hot cockles. There you go. Alpha Falfa. Spank cake. You were supposed to read this one. Cad- <laughs> Cadians? Rocky Road. Call- <laughs> Back up your truck and wipe off that muck. It's time for the read in three, two, one. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> we do that again. This doesn't count against the streak, everybody. Extremely prejudicial muting. Nice. I missed it. Oh, you did? Prejudicial <laughs> instead of prejudicial. <laughs> Read that one again and we'll fix it. I saw it on Tic Tac. Oh, no, shit. I saw okay. it on the Tic Tac. Flea, fra- f- flea, 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 flat, free, f- free flash drive with purchase of a kiss coffin. Pumpkin thieving in bervert. Shit. Bervert. All right, let's try it again. Brian, like the Mc... What's wrong with us? <laughs> Brian, like the McRib, is back. Down under, they're just... Oh, oh, Scott blew the streak. It was me who what done it. I was so nervous I did it. All right. Let me do that again. Get all the Thanksgiving shawarma. Wait. Okay. All That's about, really not what that I'm says. A, I'm going to try that again. All about the Thanksgiving shawarma. The Rankin Bass Weird Smoking Puppet Guys. There you go. Weed smoking. We See, now I did now it. Now we're doing it. It's all right. Read that, one. read that one more time. You look at... Oh, sorry. You look at her hair, not... <laughs> shit. You look at her hair, not at all... <laughs> Try it again. That was perfectly done. For real. No goofs. No nothing. That no, I know. It was like, we, like we've been working towards this moment our entire lives. Our entire lives. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. We, uh, I don't know where the streak's at right now. Or actually, no, we're good from yesterday, right? Or for yeah, the show there. Yeah. So far, so good uh, for the year. Okay. With just one under our belt. Okay. I feel good about it. Uh, one I day, one day without an yeah. accident. We're going to try it again later here when we do reads for, for titles. Know, yeah, People are now going to start submitting titles that are just going to be tongue twisters that are going to be impossible to read. Oh, I can't wait. Just to try to break our streaks. Bring it on, jerks. Uh, hey, Patreon people, we love you. How much so that I'd like to read your names on the show? People like Dave Gare, Sven from Baseball Camp, and Ann Martin, all contributors to the show. Uh, grade A plus, grade A, and the grade A level. Love those levels. If you want to learn more about why you should support TMS, a buck a month is all it takes to get started. And you'll get bonus content every day and ad-free experience, bonus shows of the week, on the weekend, and other fun things I can only imagine. Uh, check it out. Read all about it over at patreon.com slash TMS. Brian, let's get out of here. Do you have a song to play we can play? I do. I do. I do. Uh, this one, not a request, but this week is uh, David Bowie. What would have been David Bowie's 75th birthday? David Bowie, the thin white Duke, would have been 75 years old this week. And it's also the uh, sixth anniversary of his passing. Uh, of course, Coverville is going to be all about that. And as I get songs together for the show, there are versions that I have to decide between. Can't have three versions of Space Oddity in one episode of Coverville. So um, the ones that are that don't make it on the show are going to make it here. This one is by the band Kitty. 
It's from a uh, an indie tribute album called A Salute to the Thin White Duke from 2015. Here is Kitty and their cover of Space Oddity. Oh 
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. And Mexico will pay for it. it, 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 it. <laughs>